I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live, and you know, I promised you guys um, a little Christmas. Well, this is it today. <laughs> so aside from the Mexicato <laughs> one we did, this is your Christmas program. In fact, next week I will start um, the top 10 of 2023. So for the next two weeks, you'll see the most popular programs from this year. And there's some good ones, man. I was look, going through the list and it's like, man, and there was like number 11, 12, 13. I'm like, those are good too. So I hope you'll enjoy those. If you missed them the first time around, uh, you get a chance to see them here at the end of the year. But today to do the Christmas thing, I have a couple of wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful guests. They have co-written the Christmas devotional. It's by Michelle Medlock Adams and Andy Clapp. And I am going to completely rely on them to talk about Christmas because, you know, it's, it's I mean, I love, I love the birth of our Savior, but, you know, I don't get into it that much. That's okay. Welcome, both of you, to Life Today Live. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. So, Thank you so much. Walk us through uh, a little bit of the devotional, and then we'll tell some stories and have some fun. But pick it up just so people get an idea of what they would get if they order this. It's not too late to order it for Christmas. So um, what is this Christmas devotional? So I'll kick this off. Andy and I are good friends. He's a pastor and we're both writers and we've done a couple of books together. Springtime for Your Spirit, we did. And we wanted to do a Christmas devotional. Actually, we're both kind of Christmas fanatics. You know, we're not the people that are mad when they start playing Christmas music November 1st. We're like, yeah, like we love it. And we, we know this about each other and we always talk about Christmas movies. And so I was just sitting, actually watching Hallmark Christmas movies one night and had this idea to do this Christmas devotional with, of course, Andy, because he's the only person that's as crazy as I am about Christmas. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, what do you think? Do you want to do this? I mean, and in like two hours, probably two hours, we outlined the whole book. It just was so fun. Just it came so quick. And I think he had his written by the end of the year. I waited till the next year <laughs> to write mine. But we it just came really quickly because we loved it. So we really tried to take 40 really distinct messages to bring you all the way up to Christmas. And people have been messaging us left and right saying how much they're enjoying it. So that makes us feel like maybe we did the right thing. <laughs> Andy, I have to ask you, uh, as a pastor, isn't Christmas just one of the craziest times of the year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's absolutely the craziest time of year for me. <laughs> but it, I, um, I think it one of the great things about it as being a pastor is that we attract an audience that maybe is not here throughout the year. Yeah. And so for me, I always look at Christmas as that perfect opportunity to engage um, the world with the message that's needed. The message that says, you know what, God loved you so much that he came, he sent his son to the earth. And so for us, yeah, it's, it's hectic and busy, but it's highly impactful. And so we, we honestly try not to scale it back we try to go over and beyond and then rest in January uh, because if, if we can, if we can have one more thing that gets to one more person that gives them that hope that, you know, Jesus is the hope you look at uh, you look at our world right now. And, and where is your hope? Uh, we have wars throughout the world. Uh, we have, you know, division throughout America. We have uh, trouble brewing uh, in the economy. 
And then here we have Christmas coming and we're like, hey, look, here is the hope. It's Jesus. And so, yeah, it's busy, but absolutely impactful. So we cram it as full as we can uh, and not doing the commercialization of it, but honestly, just getting back to the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know pastors do that. And, and I appreciate that. Where are you where are you guys going specifically in this book? Is, is it, um, you know. I mean, there's a lot of different directions you go. So you tell you tell me, because I have I admit I haven't done any Christmas devotionals this year. <laughs> That's okay. So, You're forgiven. Uh, uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go in a lot of different directions. Uh, we talk about our past um, and some of the the highlight moments and some of the painful moments. Hmm. Uh, and we we took forty different aspects of Christmas and really took it back to the heart of scripture. Um, so we take the different things that, that we've gone through. Michelle has a great one about the grief uh, that she experienced. And there are so many people who are struggling uh, during the holiday season. But this was one of our opportunities to reach them in the struggle, you know, to tell them that hope is still there. Um, and, and I have some on uh, my, my twisted family. They, uh, they're, they're always fun, uh, but uh, we have humor, we have hope, we have, uh, but it's all geared toward those people who maybe love Christmas and even those who, you know, kind of, <laughs> sort of like it, we put up uh, <laughs> but want, but want to know more about it. Let me ask you that about that, Michelle, because honestly, Christmas is, is a little bit of a hard time um, because you know, my, my, I lost my grandfather around Christmas years ago and as a child and, and that was a tough one. In fact, as a grandfather now myself, I go by the same grandpa name as, as he did pops, you know? Um, and then lost my sister just a few days after Christmas, 11 years ago this year. And that is a hard time for a lot of people. Um, and so it can be comforting. What, what is your message? And what have you been through? You know, and that, I, you're not alone in that. So many people, whether it's your first Christmas without your loved one or your 11th or your 40th, it, it's just hard. Christmas in every holiday season is difficult, especially the first. Um, I write about the grief that stole Christmas, a little play on words there. The first Christmas without my mom, she was like, mm -hmm. if there was a queen of Christmas, my mother had earned that crown. She started buying Christmas presents in January of the year before. Mm -hmm. She was just crazy about, you know, giving to the grandkids and to us and she just made everything more joyful. So that first Christmas after she had passed, I just couldn't go through the motions. I'm just telling you, it wasn't in me. I wasn't going to fake it. I was upset. I was a little bit mad at God. I mean, I was struggling. I was str I was really struggling with my faith. And I told my sister who wanted me to come home uh, and I'll be at her house and kind of recreate what mom and dad always did. They were both in heaven at that point. Told Marty, I just couldn't do it. I said, Marty, I love you, but I, I just can't this year. And I just need you to respect that. So what we did is we just... Jeff and I and our girls flew to Florida and spent that Christmas, just the four of us on the beach. And we didn't even have a tree. We exchanged presents and we just spent time just kind of comforting each other. Remember, I took a walk on Christmas morning on the beach and just kind of poured my heart out to God and told him all the things he already knew anyway. Mm. And just that I loved him and that he was my only hope and that I was glad that mom was no longer in pain and that she was there because she'd had a long health battle, but that I was still not understanding why she hadn't been healed on this earth. And I kind of just poured out my heart to him that he already knew, but I'd been angry. Mm. And, uh, and I'm telling you, by the time I walked back to the condo, I had the joy of Christmas back on my heart, but I couldn't have done that if I'd been faking it my way through all of the traditions. 
So I think you have to do whatever you have to do. It'll be different. Grief knows no time limit and, and it sneaks up on you and we all grieve differently. So give people in your life permission to grieve. And if you're grieving, listen, our hope is in Jesus and don't run away from him, run to him during this season and let him heal your heart because he truly is. He not only came to give us life more abundantly, but he knows your hurts. It says he, he counted every tear. He knows. So knowing that God understood my grief and that he loved me through it, there was nothing I could have said or done that would push him away from me. That made that season, I think, even more special mm. because I knew my father's love in a way I hadn't known it before. Mm. Well, that, that's good. And, you know, um, one of the difficult things about Christmas sometimes is is being with family. And when you have that, that touch point of grief and people grieve differently, it requires us not only to receive grace, but to give grace. Uh, and and <laughs> that's going to be tested for a lot of people this holiday season as, as they're with others that, you know, sometimes they rub us the wrong way or it, and we just, we're going to have to have grace to get through it. Um, I'm curious, Andy, you mentioned some of your, your background, any tips for those who are watching who are like, man, I'm just dreading being around that family member this Christmas season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that, that I do, uh, and, uh, is, I try to take, like you just said, with grace and give grace, uh, but also remember the the focus of the holiday mm. is that it's all about Jesus. And I try to reflect him, uh, even with the ones that can be the hardest to reflect him to, uh, the ones who push the buttons, yeah. it still comes back to Jesus. And if I can reflect him to them, then, you know, Jesus didn't tell us just to love the ones who were easy to love. He said, love your enemies. And sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes uh, the the tough ones can be through the bloodline, uh, through your own bloodline. And so what I have to do is to, it's almost, to be honest with you, Randy, if, if I got down to the heart of it, it's part of my act of worship yeah. is to endure it in such a manner that I bring honor and glory to Christ even if the flesh is sitting there, you know, just prodding me to say something I probably shouldn't, uh, it's part of my act of worship that I have, I treat them, uh, as Christ-like as absolutely possible, even though it can be difficult at times and leave early. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The, the old Irish goodbye where you just disappear. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, the, the song, the one song that comes to mind for me sometimes is Silent Night because sometimes I just need to be silent. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> your mouth shut. <laughs> be still and know I'm God becomes the theme verse at that point, right? Yeah, e- yeah. exactly right. He's like, <laughs> that, that, the, whatever, the, the th- thoughts coming, going through your head do not need to come out of your mouth. Uh, that's a, that's something I've, t- it's taken me decades to learn and, and still sometimes they escape. But as we, uh, I'll show people, this is the Christmas devotional, by the way. Uh, and we're talking to Andy Clapp and Michelle Midlock Adams who put that together for your Christmas pleasure and for your uh, inspiration, you know, remind you of really what we're here about. Um, and, I'm you know, people are going through this already. One, the great thing about this is that It'll come back around, and if you missed, you know, getting in on it early enough this year, you can always order it this year and do it next year. So, I mean, these seasonal things actually are very, very good. Um, you getting some good feedback, Michelle? Yes, it's it's funny because almost every day when I I open up 
social media, I'll have a message from a friend or somebody I didn't even know who had been given our devotional. Mm. I know Andy's getting the same thing. In fact, just before we went on air, I, I got a message from a friend of mine named Maureen, a writer friend, and it was a very lengthy messenger, a Facebook messenger message saying that she happened to read last night, the grief that stole Christmas, the one I was just talking mm. about, and then found out at 145 this morning that her a family relative had, had just passed away. Mm. Um, he'd been in a long battle. And she said, I just the timing of it, the mm. fact that God had me read that before I went to bed and then I was awakened with the news that he'd gone to heaven. She said, you just never know what your words mean. And so, you know, we we do the work, right? We, we do the praying over our words. We put the time in and write the devotional to the best of our ability, but God does the rest. Mm. And so the timing of that, like I'll never forget that message from her because I could hear I could hear her pain and I could, and I know the things I wrote helped her because God helped me to write that because he helped, he walked me through it. So it was just, and she said, I'm going to send this book to uh, those family members and and I'm going to highlight that and tell them the story that God cared enough to even preemptively comfort me before we knew. And I, I just thought, I mean, I cried. I, I cried. I was in the car wash, washing my vehicle whenever I got that message and cried the whole way home. I just thought, <laughs> God, you're so much bigger than us when we do these things. We just are being honorable to him and just writing because that's what God called us to do. But it's it's he's the one that that makes a place for it. So that was pretty special. And then, of course, there's some just funny, lighthearted ones. We've got a couple in there. One about the ugly Christmas sweater. I don't know if you've ever been invited to an ugly Christmas sweater party, but uh, I won a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, those are the uh, best. I, I, Listen, I've got one that lights up and everything. <laughs> it weighs five five million pounds. I can hardly stand up because it's got so many things on it, and it lights up. It's I win with that every year. But uh, I th- so we have some humor in this because you know it can't all be so serious, but always points back to Jesus. That particular one, I talk about my daughter Allison, who's my fashionista. I mean, she went to fashion school and designs things. She's amazing. But when she was in high school. She came in one morning and asked if she could borrow one of my sweaters. And I thought, I have really arrived. If my teenage daughter wants to borrow one of my sweaters, <laughs> how cool am I? Of course, you know where that's going. So right. I get to, to to the high school basketball game where she and my other daughter were cheerleaders. And everybody's greeting me in the hall like, hey, how are you, Miss Michelle? Because I work with the youth. And and then one of the girls stops me. And she's like, Allison almost won with her, with her sweater today. I voted for her, but she got third. And I realized... That cardinal sweater I thought was so cute. Yeah, not so much. That's what she got third place with the ugly Christmas sweater with a sweater I thought was pretty. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, that uh, that's a memory. But, you know, the whole message that is, you know, even our ugly Christmas sweater, God calls us his and he loves us in spite of our ugly. And so that uh, that's there's just a simple message. But there's some we have some fun in there. We talk about a lot of fun traditions, don't we, Andy? Yeah, and you know you yeah, absolutely you, you got to laugh a little bit. Is the humor all you, Michelle or Andy? Or you you got a oh, sense of humor too? It's too. Oh yes, yeah, both of us. Uh, a few years ago, my my we have a tradition at my house that on the night before Christmas we read the night before Christmas, and then Christmas morning uh, before they can open anything, we read from Luke two and get back to the heart of it for sure. And while we were <laughs> while we were reading. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas, uh, my youngest daughter looked at me and said, boy, uh, how old is Santa? I said, well, he's pretty old. And she said, is he older than you? Yeah, no. And I was like, really? Really, child? <laughs> um, so now I only claim two of my three kids uh, after <laughs> that comment. Uh, and, but yeah, we have, we had a lot of fun and uh, we get to share some of those stories. And like for me too, I'm a sentimental, uh, I'm a sentimental guy. So like I wrote one about coming home. Uh, and when I would come home during college and when I moved away, 
just the that warmth of being home uh, and what it was like to drive the streets again mm. uh, and see all the decorations and, and that familiarity uh, that you would come back to. And it was something I would always look forward to was to come back home. And so, yeah, we, we both have the humor. We both have that sentimentality and we both have the uh, the seriousness where it needs to be serious. But all in all, I mean, we we love Christmas so much that it's really it's really at the core of who we are. Mm. I'm, I'm the guy, Randy, I'm not going to kid you. Uh, I live in North Carolina, so it gets kind of hot here. Uh, it we, we get muggy in, in June and July, and I'm the guy who pulls up at the stoplights playing Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, <laughs> and I roll down the window and sing to the people stuck at the stoplight beside of me uh, quite often. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we both have fun. Uh, all the time for sure. <laughs> all right. You ready for my curveball question? <laughs> <laughs> Can't resist. And it's probably, probably for you, Andy, but Michelle, feel free to jump in. What do you say to the people? And, and this is not the reason for my grinchiness, but what do you say to the people that say, because I get the comments every time I do a Christmas thing on <laughs> Facebook, or YouTube, Christmas is a pagan holiday as Christians. We shouldn't be celebrating a pagan holiday. And this comes from this and this comes from this. And they just, man, they seem to find the bad in everything. You get, you got to get some of that as a pastor. Oh, I get a lot of that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I tell them is, um, you know, you, you have, you have all these different things that, that we can take, and put a, a, a Christian spin on it, if you will. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, most of the people who say that don't realize the origination of some of the tunes of the hymns. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of those the tunes bar were, they were bars. <laughs> yeah. They were played in bars. So you're singing a bar song, uh, you know, <laughs> to a bar tune some Sunday mornings. Uh, it, it's, it's in what you make of it. Uh, you know, yeah. some of these things are just completely amoral. Uh, you know, like what I, and what I mean by that is like people take out of context the scripture that says for the love of money is the root of all evil. They say, well, money's evil. Right. No, no, it's the adoration of money. That's evil. Yeah. Money's amoral. It's what you do with the money that you have that makes it either good or evil. Same thing with the holidays. It's what we do with it that makes it either good or, or evil. Uh, I don't, I don't go out there and champion anything that is, you know, that is, anti-scriptural um but i do recognize how we can take these things like i did an entire sermon sunday night on how to find christ in the symbolism of christ of christmas mm -hmm. and that's one of the things i wrote about was hanging in the green service so you take a christmas tree and some people say oh you're not supposed to decorate a tree <laughs> right. because you know right. this that and the other okay well here's the thing the shape of the tree is a triangle which reminds me of the trinity the green of the tree is evergreen, and that reminds me of the everlasting love of the Lord. Yeah. The needles on the tree are pointed up. Martin Luther said that reminded him of the hands lifted toward heaven. It's adorned in light, and Jesus is the light of the world. I mean, all of these things have symbolism that points back to Christ. It's just if we know the symbolism, then we can point them back to Christ through it. Yeah. And what other holiday gives us a greater opportunity to reach a lost world? You're talking about an entire month, almost month and a half, where... <laughs> honestly the symbolisms of christianity are everywhere yeah and it is the perfect time for us to reach the world i couldn't couldn't agree more and i want to say to those people why are you looking for the devil when you should be searching for the lord right an old petrol mm -hmm. line <laughs> uh, because it really it's it's the lenses you wear and when you 
I think when you wear the right Christmas lenses, you see Christ in Christmas. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Michelle, um, what what do you want for Christmas this year? So I'm getting my wish because I asked to have all of my kids and grandkids uh, at my house Christmas Eve early. So my daughter, Abby, is married to a wonderful pastor. He's a worship minister in Lexington, Kentucky, and they always have a, a late night Christmas Eve service. So they never get to be at my house on Christmas Eve, mm. which is kind of our biggest celebration is Christmas Eve. Christmas morning is wonderful for the kids, but for the adults, that's when we really have all of our fun and we read the Christmas story and all those things. And since she's gotten married, they've never gotten to do that. So this year, because Christmas Eve is on Sunday, right? So they, they're going to have the, just the morning worship service. They're not going to do another evening service. Oh. I get all of my kids, even oh. the pastor, <laughs> all here Christmas Eve. So that's that's what I wanted. And when I found out I was getting that, I have been like a little kid. I am so very excited. <laughs> so we get to do all the things. I mean, I'm I'm going to be a bacon fool. I'm, I've got lots of Christmas cookies, like all the things. I'm doing all the things. I have eight trees up. Like I said, I did it for my grandkids, but really I would just do it for me. Eight trees? I, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm telling you, I just love it. I love it. I have one for like every room. I mean, I have themed trees and I have one with all the kids ornaments, like the sentimental tree. Then I have the real pretty tree. This kind of modern farmhouse matches the the house. And I've got a dachshund tree because I'm obsessed with dachshunds. And I mean, I, it's just, it's just, I'm like a kid. So that's, that's what I wanted and I'm getting it. And I'm, I don't care if I get anything else. I (laughs) I hope you don't make your husband put all those in the attic at the end of the season. Basement. But yes, he does have to help. Well, okay. That's (laughs) stairs, which is better than the trap door. Yeah, that's I, I, true. Yeah, I did that for years. All right, Andy, what what do you want, or what are you getting for Christmas this year? Either one. Well, I already got it. I've already got it. It's Jesus, and that's what my life is about. And oh, it's what a I've pastoral answer. Well, I, I'm, I'm giving you, Randy. I'll be honest with you. I'm giving you the honest, truthful answer because um, it's. I, I think over the last few years, I've I've come to appreciate more. Hmm. Um, just his presence in my life and the way he's opened doors for us. I mean, um, he has blessed my family this year in a way that, that I could not have ever imagined. And he just continues to show up. And for me, I I've got it. I mean, honestly, I've gotten to that point in life where David was in, in Psalm 23, when he said, my cup overflows, mm-hmm. uh, I've got all, I've got the perfect friends. I've got the perfect, you know, it's just, God has blessed me. So I am, uh, I'm going to say I've already gotten what I wanted. And, uh, and I get to, I get to preach about Bethlehem and, uh, and about Jesus, uh, for a solid month, man, you can't beat that. (laughs) Especially for a guy that loves Christmas. And you know what? I, I think when we realize that we do have what we ultimately need, like you say, for Christmas, Get our eyes off all the other stuff, the the, the schedules, the the gifts. I mean, the gifts, are, the, these are all wonderful things. But, you know, if we could just let go of some of the control sometimes um, and just rest in, in that truth that we have everything we need in Christ at Christmas, it'll get us through the holidays with a lot better attitude, regardless of the, the tensions, uh, the difficulties that may come. And and that's that's my hope because to me that's that's the heart of it. Um, what what encouragement, Michelle, would you give for someone who may be dreading the holidays for whatever reason, um, just to kind of yeah. get their eyes focused in the right way that 
they'll have some some hope in the, in these holidays. I think that's a great question. For me, to get my attitude right, no matter what I'm facing, or even if I'm dreading something, I love Christmas, but there were some harder seasons. Is it's really just a heart shift? It's a heart posturing when you, instead of saying oh, I have to go to this party or I have to go to this church event, I have. It's 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 just instead of saying I have to, it's like man, I get to go. It's so awesome that I have friends who love me enough to invite me. I get to go to this mm -hmm. and that I have a church family that loves me that are doing these amazing things. I get to go and be a part of this. There was a time in life when we were away from family and we lived in another state and I didn't have these opportunities to have all these family things. So I think it's just, it really is just a heart shift and just going into it. Um, and then the other thing I would say after the heart shift is uh, this is a, an opportunity, like like Andy said, to share the love of God People are more open to hearing about Jesus. They're more open to offering forgiveness. Maybe you need to give forgiveness to somebody. That's the best gift you can give them and yourself. So just look for opportunities to share his goodness. It's a, it's a really fun time to play Secret Santa and bless that single mom who doesn't have enough money to get her kids presents. I mean, there is nothing more fun than dropping off a load of gifts or baked goods at to somebody who maybe feels like they've been forgotten. I mean, I love to be real sneaky about it so they never know. I love that. So if you can get your eyes off of yourself and maybe your pain, have that little heart shift and then make it about Jesus and how he can use you to be his hands and feet here, it'll be the most joyful season you'll ever have. So true. So true. All right, Andy, I'll let you close us out. Your, your thoughts, your encouragement, your prayer, whatever, for this Christmas, for people that are watching. Is to recognize that uh, the Lord has not turned his back on you. You know, you have God with us. And, and the power of that name uh, that we, when we look hard enough, we see him throughout the season and beyond it. But take time this year to to really stop and, and see the majesty of the moment. I mean, I, I look at uh, the amazing truth of Isaiah 7, 14, the, the miraculous, well-spoken before, you know, well ahead of time. He said, the Lord will give him, will give you a sign. And that, by that sign, we divide time. Hmm. He said, a virgin will conceive a biological impossibility. He said, and bear a son, a cultural, uh, overcoming cultural boundaries that Mary could have been, could have been stoned for, yeah. or being pregnant out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. And God did, said, all this will come to pass and you will call his name, Emmanuel, God with us. I love it. Uh, and you know what? I, I think that actually is my favorite thing about Christmas is a reminder, not just a description of an event, but a name of a person, God with us on that first Christmas that is still true today, every day throughout the year. That sense of God with us is life-changing. And I love it. I appreciate both of you guys. Thank you both for being here today and spreading a little Christmas cheer. Maybe I'm a little more Christmassy cheery right now. So thank you for that. Hey. <laughs> We're so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. My wife would be glad too. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all you guys watching. Uh, be sure to check out the, the Christmas devotional. Let's see. Can I play the music and show the devotional at the same time? It's not popping up, but you can pick it up where you get the, any, any, uh, any books. It's called The Christmas Devotional. Michelle Medlock Adams and Andy Clapp. Uh, and you guys have a great Christmas. Um, I will see you guys with the best of next week. <laughs>
Have a good one. Thank you.